It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Wednesday, May 17th, 2023. I'm Brooke Jaffer with Raven News. In a state where fish landings are most often measured in the millions of pounds and millions of fish, the Southeast Alaska troll catch of king salmon is a small fraction of the overall harvest. This coming season, if there is a season, Southeast trollers will take just 149,000 Chinook. Those fish are mixed into a salmon pie that is shared by Alaska, Washington, Oregon, and Canada, a pie that is sliced by an international agreement called the Pacific Salmon Treaty. Over the past couple of decades, Southeast trollers have accepted smaller slices of the pie to preserve the health of salmon stocks covered by the treaty. And they've even accepted deep cuts in the harvest of kings, which originate in Alaska's rivers and aren't subject to the treaty, just to make sure that those stocks thrive. In short, Southeast trollers have nothing to gain and everything to lose if king salmon don't survive. They are conservationists, whether they use the label or not. In the final installment of a conversation series with Jackie Foss, Eric Jordan, and Jim Moore, KCAW's Robert Woolsey asked these Sitka-based trollers to share their views on conservation, even as their fishery and their livelihoods are threatened by a lawsuit from a Washington state environmental group. I want to make it very clear that trolling is a hundred-year-old fishery, and if it was not sustainable for a long period of time, it would be evident. And I have not ever seen another resource extraction group begrudgingly but willingly to not go fishing to ensure the longevity of the species. Is that the right thing to do? Absolutely. When it became apparent that we were going to take a hit on king salmon in the last treaty cycle for political and conservation purposes, we could weather it because the emphasis is making sure there's fish in the future. Trawlers have been the allies of conservationists for decades. Salmon fishermen all over this state fight things like Pebble Mine, fight things like Borax Mine in uh, Misty Fjords, have worked to protect uh, salmon habitat throughout the region from mines in British Columbia. I've written op-ed editorials on those mines, working with Salmon State and others. We are the greatest allies of people who want to conserve king salmon and other salmon species. And for us to be vilified and attacked is just plain wrong. It's really easy to look at a problem and decide that someone else should pay for it. It's really, really hard to look internally to see what you're doing and how you're contributing to that problem. And I really feel like that's what's happening here. This this fishery uh, is the poster child for sustainability. There's never been, that I know of, any run of salmon that's been wiped out by a hook-and-line fishery. When I first started fishing, there was the criticism that it's too inefficient. Okay, well, you know, we're not hearing that much anymore. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we're, he- we're hearing these narratives that are just outright lies, you know, like the increase in greedy corporate fishing. My kids grew up on the back deck of the boat. You know, this is, this is greedy corporate fishing. You know, they, they learned that they could work hard and, and, and produce something tangible. And like I began with, your success depends on being able to understand and connect with something you can't see directly. You know, from that 
standpoint, it, it's like science. I can't decide whether it's more like art or like science. It's both. And one of the things that happens, as both Jim and Jackie have mentioned, is the connection mm -hmm. you develop with these places, the ocean, the ecology, the, the fish that you're pursuing. It's really a love affair. You just love it. You love everything about it. You know, I, I, love, I love the killer whale. I'm connected with the killer whale, you know. This is not about saving the killer whale, this, this battle. It's about destroying this industry. That's the agenda, stated agenda, the Wild Fish Conservancy. They, they want to eliminate ocean fishing, you know, mixed dock fishing. And they want to eliminate the hatchery program. That's a small minority viewpoint, very small minority viewpoint. They had an opportunity to move their agenda, they felt, and they took it. But it's an immoral decision. It makes me sick. That was Jim Moore, Eric Jordan, and Jackie Foss, three Southeast Alaskan trollers discussing their views on conservation as their fishery is under threat of closure from lawsuit brought by the Washington State-based Wild Fish Conservancy to protect an endangered population of killer whales in Puget Sound. To listen to parts one and two in this series, visit our website, kcaw.org. Drivers in downtown Sitka were recently caught off guard when they found the rules of the road had changed at the city's busiest downtown intersection. Early in the morning on Tuesday, May 9th, crews from the Alaska Department of Transportation created a left-turn-only lane to improve traffic flow during peak congestion. Things did not go as smoothly as planned, KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. So I'm standing here outside of the Lake and Lincoln intersection where in May the Alaska Department of Transportation changed the lane configuration. So going southbound, what used to be a left or straight lane is now a left turn only lane. And the right turn only lane is now right or straight. And this has proven to be a little challenging for some drivers adjusting. DOT spokesperson Sam Dapsevich says the city approached the state asking for the change. Traffic tended to get held up behind left-hand turn vehicles, you know, and by the time someone was able to make a turn, the light would then turn red again, and so traffic would just build up there is what, is what we understood. But even though reconfiguring the intersection just takes some paint and a few street signs, it couldn't happen overnight. Changes to the intersection had to be thoroughly vetted by state engineers who review traffic counts, inspect at sight lines, and make sure any changes they make will meet federal highway standards. We, we believe it'll be an improvement, that it'll help keep traffic moving, and I think that's what people want. And then, of course, you know, after a change is made, we still evaluate and, and see what we can do to improve it. After the new lines were painted on the morning of May 9th, Sitkins concerned with safety and traffic congestions started offering up improvements online. One person suggested building a Japonski Island bypass bridge. Another thought pedestrian overpasses would help. But some smaller scale suggestions came up a lot. We need a left turn signal at the light, please. You need more arrows further up the street before you get to the intersection. Maybe put a direction sign on the traffic lights. Everyone looks at those. Dapsevich says more signage is on the way soon, including signs for the lights, and they'll be adding more arrows further back to alert drivers to the lane change. 
The aforementioned traffic light that some Sitkins think would improve the intersection isn't on its way just yet. City Planning Director Amy Ainsley says the change to the lane configuration is a step in the right direction. Addressing the Lake and Lincoln intersection was indicated as a high priority in a recent traffic study and also in a survey investigating the impacts of cruise tourism expansion. Something like 30 percent of respondents, you know, work in the downtown area or on Japonski. And so there's an incredible amount of local traffic that needs to come through our downtown area, as well as then tourism related traffic as well and construction traffic and and all of that stuff. Our efforts have been, again, ongoing for a couple of years to help make this improvement for, you know, just to try and make things a little bit uh, more efficient and um, easier for for residents to, to navigate and deal with these traffic issues. It's a common misconception that the city has much to do with what happens at this intersection. Lincoln Street is a city street, but since Harbor Drive, a state road, bisects it, the intersection is under the jurisdiction of the State Department of Transportation. Ainsley says that the city may request the state make more changes down the line, but for now they want to press pause and see how the new dedicated lane works with the simplest fix. You know, we're kind of thinking that DOT would probably want to observe that over the next year or so and make a determination about whether that change alone is adequate in addressing circulation issues or if further measures need to be taken, such as increased signage, a new light, a different light signal or reconfiguration and that sort of thing. Dapsevich and Ainsley both say they hope Sitkins will be patient and approach the intersection with care while drivers adjust to the change. I talked to an old uh, longtime Sitka friend who who reminded me that it used to be a four-way stop and when they added the light many years ago, everyone was still stopping at the green light and waiting. Um, so traffic revisions take a little time for everyone to get used to. And here's Ainsley again. Our driving motivation in anything in terms of the downtown traffic management or closures or anything else is just safety. We're just really trying to make sure that people stay safe. Um, and so we've, we definitely appreciate Sitka drivers help in that. It's been around 72 hours since the street was painted the day I linger at the intersection, and everything seems to be going somewhat smoothly. Now, what I'm doing is very far from a traffic study, but at one point I noticed traffic start to back up behind a bus that's turning left onto Lincoln Street. The driver behind the bus suddenly remembers that they don't have to wait, and they move into the right lane and through the intersection. A second driver follows suit, and suddenly there are fewer cars backed up on Lake Street. While I stand there, I don't see anyone blow through the intersection from the left lane. But that doesn't mean it hasn't happened, at least at first. The day the intersection changed, a tour bus made the front page of the local paper doing just that. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Katherine Rose. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News.